Hi, today's January 2nd, 2023. I had to think about that for a minute. This is Tadogasawara, my good friend Tony Westfall, and this is Moviews Podcast 439. We're trying something a little bit different. Normally, we record our podcast using Microsoft Teams because I found that has the best audio quality, but I recently learned about a service called Clean Feed, which is apparently an Emmy nominated or Emmy winning technology used by professionals. Uh, to record audio. It does not do video conferencing. It does not do anything except record audio, and it apparently does it really well. So we're trying that out. We're not going to record the whole podcast using it, but we're going to record the first few minutes. Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see, because occasionally I am getting dropouts on your audio through clean feed. So I'll be curious. Uh, Hopefully, you will not have dropouts, because that would kind of negate the whole purpose of the entire product if uh, that doesn't work. But it could also be because we have Teams video up and running <laughs> at the same time. So yeah. maybe there's a, a bandwidth issue somehow. Right. And and I, I should note that although your video, your audio, I should say, is fine, I notice that I am redlining, I am clipping. So I might be too near my microphone for whatever reason, and I'm not sure which microphone I'm using. I think, let me test, 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 test. I think I'm using my uh, Yeti Nano, but uh, who knows, I might be using my airpods pro it's not clear to me what source is being used but uh well we just i just wanted to test it so again it's clean feed the the url is cleanfeed.net um and i read about it uh on blog.google of all things um google was had an article about audio progress uh this this service runs through a browser specifically through chrome which is i guess why google uh you know um promoted it it is not apparently owned by google it is like there are two guys who created this they're audio engineer types and um we'll see how it goes as you know might be a good alternative for when we have problems with uh some of our friends who have problems getting into skype or teams or even zoom sometimes for whatever reason we've had just just a host of problems clean feed seems really simple you basically log in I have a free account. You can, of course, have a paid account if you're a professional. But I have a free account, which seems to do what I need, connect people, um, no time limits, that sort of thing. And it's all through a web browser, Chrome in my case. It does say it does not support um, mobile devices like iOS device. You can't use an iPad, unfortunately, even though it has a you know pretty decent browser. But I assume that's coming one of these days. And we'll... well we'll see it does create I tried it last night all by my lonely and it does create a wave file instead of the AIFF file so I don't think I can do volume leveling but presumably it's doing some of that I know I'm clipping a lot so that might be some of the dropout John is hearing uh, I'm just too loud apparently whatever my microphone source <laughs> is <laughs> so um anywho that is cleanfeed.net I think that's enough of an audio test So I'm going to stop the recording at three and a half minutes and uh, we're going to switch back to Teams in a moment and I'll splice this all together. And we're back. We switched from Mm -hmm. uh, we switched from uh, cleanfeed.net for audio 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 recording (laughs) back to Teams. We'll see. uh, So it is. Yeah, it's up to our listeners to decide which was cleaner and feedier. Yeah. Yeah. And all those things. 
And it, maybe I just didn't know how to use it right. You know, like I said, I didn't know which source I was recording from, whether it was my AirPods Pro or my Yeti Nano mic, standalone mic. Right now we're recording, or I'm recording, I should say, using a Yeti Nano standalone mic, and I'm listening through AirPods Pro, but it's being uh, recorded through a USB microphone. So that was an interesting test. I've been looking for an alternative to Teams that's easier to log into. And this one does, can't schedule things, but... Uh, it's, it seems to be dirt simple to get guests on. Like I mm -hmm. just emailed you the link from cleanfeed.net itself and you clicked on it and we're on. Didn't yeah. seem to be a lot of fun, muss and fuss. Well, and you know, I could totally see how some listeners would think that our on-air test here was showing a lack of our care with not actually planning this out in advance. But our <laughs> more refined and well-educated <laughs> listeners will understand that this was an applied example of new technology that we were providing to them That's as right. a free service as part of the podcast. That's so that right. they could see a real-world example of taking a new piece of technology that had never been used by you or I and trying it out live so that our successes, they could bask in them, and our failures, they could learn from them. So this was not at all that we weren't prepared. That's this right. This is completely intentional. That's correct. And also, I would just say, I would like to add, no guts, no glory. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and on a sadder note, you know, we... Um, uh, a couple of us have been talking about in various last podcasts for 2022, we're talking about services that fell to the wayside over the course of 2022. And one I just learned about that I, you know, I sort of forgot was, was there to begin with is apparently Verizon is the last of the major U.S. carriers to turn off 3G data. Uh, apparently T-Mobile slash Sprint and... Uh, and AT&T did so earlier in 2020, so there are no no more large carrier 3G networks in the U.S. active anymore. And boy, John, I mean, I think you and I both remember when we switched from, you know, GPRS to uh, 3G, oh, yeah. and it was eye-opening. GPRS to, to Edge. Edge, so I forgot about Edge. There between, and then uh, in the United States, we didn't have uh, much beyond Edge. UMTS oh. had just UMTS, uh, yeah. come out across the, the way. And yeah, then we got 3G. And I remember, I remember vividly being on Edge, and some of the phones I had would not connect to 3G on T-Mobile because I wasn't using T-Mobile phones. I was using uh, ATP phones and other uh, you know, yeah, the wrong singular frequency. Whatever yeah. it was that I happened to have as my pocket PC phone at the time, uh, or the iMate Jazz Jar, the HTC Universal, that couldn't connect oh, to yeah. 3G over here. And great. I remember thinking, you know, 3G, it's nice, but I can get my email and I can get a web page on Edge. I don't know, you know, am I really going to be upset about it? And then once I had 3G on a couple of devices, it was game over. It was like, yeah, yeah I'm not going back to Edge. Uh, I remember the, the transition from Edge to 3G was way more impactful than 3G to LTE and True. LTE to 5G ultra wideband or just 5G. It just is that was, I think, the breaking point where all of a sudden Internet on your phone went from being a novelty that you might be able to pull up at some point and show off to being a depend on it sort of thing. Yeah, I think I remember the LTE rollout in my neck of the woods too, and I remember it being a very uneven experience. Just like, really, is this any faster than three G? Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> you know. And at at some point, it it was, 
uh, it did become faster and more reliable for a long time. Uh, near my home, for example, uh, I couldn't get anything. I had to go step outside and walk south about 25 feet before I could even get a cell signal, you know. So I was pretty dependent on Wi-Fi calling in my home once that became available. Um, calling on a cell in my house was not a good idea, even as recently as, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. But uh, Well, I had recently, where I'm at in the middle of nowhere, Mississippi, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we had a weird issue with Verizon for about oh. two months. My Verizon service was spotty in, in places it never had been. Oh, wow. So, and I noticed this when I would go to send text messages that were actual SMS messages. I'm used to, because my iPhone uh, you know, can forward text messages to my other Apple devices, I'm used to just shooting off a text message the same way I would shoot off an iMessage or anything else. It doesn't really, I don't really notice what it's on, except I was noticing that my text messages weren't always going through. I'd have to hit try again try again try again i have to take my phone out of my pocket put it somewhere with you know a little bit line of sight and then that seems to have cleared up over the last month so i assume verizon was doing some sort of network work in my area or something had caused the tower to go down or whatever it was so even in 2022 a whole you know last year there are still times when you can't even get reliable texting and uh audio calls uh let alone data so that's kind of bizarre to think that we haven't gone any farther in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, and you say you're out in the middle of nowhere, uh, Mississippi. I'm literally in the middle of nowhere, Pacific Ocean, which is even bigger. So. <laughs> yeah, but you've got that whole tourist thing happening around you. It seems to be that you're a quite popular destination. So, Thankfully, yes. Thankfully, yes. Yes. Yeah, Tourists, yeah. please keep coming. We really depend on your dollars. <laughs> As Don Ho used to say, Hey, come, spend your money, go home. <laughs> yeah. As a tourist, I'm quite fine with that arrangement. Because vacation, you know, you go on somewhere on vacation and you think, boy, wouldn't it be great to live here? And as someone who's lived in a tourist area before, no, it's not great always to live there. Uh, sometimes you want the tourists to go home. And it's not the same once you're there. I, I've had great vacations other places, but then I've said, well, let's go back. And even in three, four years, it just the magic might leave or yeah. something you found really nice about your vacation that differs. Um, and it's just it's crazy the little things. Like I remember I took a trip to Pensacola Beach, and mm-hmm. they had a trolley service that ran a good length along the beach, and you saw the little shops and beaches and – you could hop on and hop off. And then when we went back just two years later, they had kind of cut the trolley's run and oh. it wasn't as fun of a ride anymore. It was, it was like, well, I don't know. Even a little thing like that impacted how I felt about that area. So yeah. if you had a great vacation somewhere, don't think you're going to capture lightning in a bottle a second time. It probably won't. So happen. true. So true, you know. Um, and I know I visited places that I grew up. Uh, you know, as a as a child, and uh, going back decades later, it's almost it's it's, a, it's very much a shock. Like, oh, it didn't used to be. I can't find parking. I mean, as a child, I didn't need to find parking because I couldn't j- drive. But it didn't seem like my parents had a lot of problems finding parking. You know, yeah, <laughs> at wherever we were. Uh, anyway, so farewell to three G. Um, you had a good run. A lot of us enjoyed mm-hmm. your service. A lot of us still enjoy LTE because I don't have a. F- I should. I do. I think I have a 5G phone, but I have not turned on 5G service, and I'm not even sure if it costs more. But mm. uh, 
so much for that. Alrighty, John. So you, we're going to go even further back in time for something you found recently. Yeah. So thinking about capturing lightning in a bottle. Uh, nostalgia is a really powerful drug if you've never experienced it before. <laughs> In 2004, a video game was launched called City of Heroes. Yes. And for many years, I saw City of Heroes on the you know gaming shelves at Walmart and Best Buy and all that. And I thought that looks like an interesting game. And this is right around the time that massively multiplayer online role-playing games were starting to get popular. Uh, World of Warcraft had just kind of hit... And what made me interested in City of Heroes and why I ultimately started playing it in 2007 was that it was a MMORPG that was set in modern day. It was set in like a cityscape, uh, hence the name City of Heroes. Uh, of course, there were elements of it that were, you know, more uh, rustic in a sense. And you got to choose to either be a hero or in later expansions a villain. Uh, build your character, and you could really elaborately theme your characters out. I mean, it wasn't just running around shooting things. It was, um, you know, a lot of different elements to the game. And, of course, they were in active development from 2004 to 2012. So 24 issues or 24 releases over that time that added a ton of infrastructure and a ton of fun stuff to do. So you could actually never beat up any bad guys at all in the game if you wanted to do other things you know if you wanted to get into the invention crafting system or the arena and do pvp stuff or whatever so anyway uh i played city heroes for a number of years a group of my friends did including jason dunn who we've had on the podcast in the past mm -hmm. and uh, then in 2012 about the time i had stopped playing seriously for a while they went to a freemium model and then ultimately they just announced they were closing down and they were going offline which for an mmorpg means no one gets to play anything anymore yeah. because even though you bought the game you can't run the game uh because there's no central server to connect to so sadly i kind of closed that chapter of my life and said well this is i'm never playing this game again it was good while it lasted then, um, around 2019, a few weird developments happened. First, there was the discovery of a private City of Heroes server that had been running apparently since <laughs> 2012. Uh, and the source code that had been on that server was available and got leaked out to oh. a number of uh, sources. NCSoft, the publisher that still runs uh, the same company that ran city of heroes they have a couple other popular games they're a south korean gaming house they do not seem to be that bothered by people hmm. running uh servers and there are actually two today large server uh communities out there one is city of heroes homecoming the other is city of heroes rebirth uh right now i'm looking at the server status for homecoming they run five different servers and they have 1700 users online right now as we record this which wow. doesn't sound like a lot, but this is also a game that ceased development in 2012, right. uh, formal development. Um, so there's still a pretty active community behind this, and there's still developers out there that are developing for it. So over the weekend, I thought, well, I wonder how hard it is to set up your own server. And I found out that the developers have decided uh, to make it very easy. So Project uh, Ouroboros, which is named after an area in the game, uh, at orodev.com, O-U-R-O-D-E-V.com, 
you can go there and download, um, get a, a BitTorrent link that will download a, an, an installer that takes all of maybe 10 minutes to get uh, it up and running on a Windows 10 or a Windows 2012 or 16 or 19 server. So, yeah, I now may have a private City of Heroes server <laughs> that uh, I, I can play very nostalgic with. And, of course, I recreated some of my classic characters that I had not been able to play before. And here's the little secret. If you run your own server, anyone can go play on the two community servers, Rebirth sure. or uh, Homecoming. But if you create your own server, you really are God, in a sense, of your server. So if you've ever thought, gee, I wonder how it would be to try out these power sets that I never could get on this character class. Well, you can now get them. Or if you've ever thought to yourself, gee, it'd be really convenient if I ran a little bit faster because it takes forever to cross this giant map. Well, now you right. can just set your run speed to be faster. Uh, so it, 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 there's a benefit of being the server admin. Uh, but if you are, if you did enjoy City of Heroes, I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, to get the nostalgia and you can always run the server in a virtual machine i did that on my home network in a virtual box uh, virtual windows machine and i even have the client mostly up and running in in mac os using wine so if you've ever used uh, wine uh, or wine is not a uh, another emulator i think that's what wine stands for yeah i think so uh you can actually get up and working so that was my fun over the last couple of days. But my, my discussion question or my topic mm -hmm. is, you know, what are your thoughts on these games that people invest all this time into or really anything you invest all this time into and then it just gets pulled unceremoniously away from you? Like Windows Mobile? Uh, no, not a game. but <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a game. They, game, they toyed with our hearts. So, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a couple of games that I really miss. Uh, one is Civil Sid Meier's Civilization Two on uh, iPad OS, which was um, my all-time all-time favorite game um, on the on Windows or is it DOS? Might have started on DOS. Civiliz Sid Meier's Civilization Two. I think it was originally a DOS game, and I was thrilled to find that it was on Windows. I mean, on iPad OS or iOS back in the day. And unfortunately, EA, which owns uh, Sid Meier's Civilization 2, chose not to update it to 64-bit when that became mandatory for apps on iPad. You can buy the newer, like Civilization 5 or 6, whatever the current one is. And I, I did buy it, and I have it installed, but I've never played it because it's just way too complicated. Civilization 2 was the right level of complexity and fun <laughs> versus all complexity and not too much fun. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of any other games that uh, I have not played in many a year. Well, Project Gotham Racer on the... Was that on the Dreamcast or X, original Xbox? I can't remember. I think it was the original Xbox. Project Gotham Racer was just way fun. Mostly because you could have um, you could have races in cities that you might be familiar with, like San Francisco. Um, or maybe familiar to you, I should say. Mm -hmm. Um in fact, I remember Sven Johansson showed it to me running on a the color Zune, if you remember. The Zune HD, mm -hmm. I think is what it was called. Oh, yeah. I, I almost bought the Zune HD just to play Project Gotham Racer, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, and I'm glad I, I didn't. It would have been one of the many Microsoft hardware products that I, I later uh, regretted buying, much like the Surface RT. Mm. Um but uh, I don't know. What about you, John? Any games that you'd like to see that sort of just died and 
Well, um, City of Heroes had been on that list. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't able to play StarCraft, I, I would add that to the list. But StarCraft does have a remastered version now. Blizzard has put out. So you can run StarCraft on modern uh, hardware and, and play original StarCraft. So I'm happy to have that. But the big games from my you know formative years in gaming were things like Quake 3 and Doom and... Uh, you know, StarCraft, Warcraft, original Warcraft, Warcraft 2, that sort of stuff. So I can actually still play most of that stuff. Uh, the Sims and SimCity 4, uh, SimCity 4, SimCity 2000, those sorts yeah. of stuff. So oh, SimCity. Love SimCity. Yeah. yeah. And hey, the I nice thing is those two still exist. Did you just lose power or something over there? No, I... Okay. Uh, this is the time of the week where my NAS reboots itself. So that was the beep. Okay. I heard that beep and I go, well, and it got, it looks kind of dark where you are. So I thought, oh, maybe well, that's just power. because it's the time of the day when it starts to get dark. <laughs> that's right. You're four hours ahead. So it's almost five o'clock yeah. over there. Yeah. But uh, no, I, I am happy that I can get most of the stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I am really interested in running from the 90s and early 2000s a lot of it lives in places like i'll talk about in a moment like archive.org and ah. a few other websites that let you get you know abandoned where software that you can then go play um but i did put in the show notes i had an interesting another blast from the past recently uh, back in 2000 98 i started before i got into sysadmin stuff and programming stuff in other ways i was a win32 programmer using borland delphi uh which meant that i went the alternate route i didn't go visual basic i went to borland and their suite of software right but a couple of days ago i was bored i had some time i thought i wonder if any of my old software is still anywhere available for download because it's obviously not on my website anymore and I don't have the original, I don't think I have the original source codes or anything like that. Although, ironically, I might if I dug deep enough. Um, and I found one of my old pieces of shareware. Oh, wow. That was, uh, I had uploaded it to all the usual places back in the day. Before app stores, when you had your own website, but then there are also things like download.com and Two mm -hmm. Cows. Uh, I had uploaded all of my stuff to those places for better distribution. And one of them did get sucked in to archive.org. And one of their, you know, they've got something like 900,000 pieces of software in their archive right now. And one of them is a very crappy piece of shareware that I wrote <laughs> in 1999. And it really is crappy. And I'm not even going to name it because it's, it's nothing special. It was a collection of utilities and it did some cool little things and it had a, a built in chess game and just other random stuff that seemed like a Swiss army knife uh, tool. But the irony is that Swiss army knife tool, you can download it from archive.org. You can install it in windows 10 it still runs in Windows 10. Wow. And, oddly enough, I still can generate a registration key for it. Because <laughs> I still have the, the codes for that. So, that was my blast from the past before I got into the City Heroes thing over the last few days. So, yeah. really, I've been living in the past for the last week. I've just been very much thinking about 20 to 10 years ago in my life of technology. Yeah, I, I wanted to correct myself. By the way, it's not uh, Civ Two, which I do, which does run on uh, the current version of iPadOS, 
that I was pining for is the original Civ 1 by Sid Meier that I, I really, really, really enjoyed. I have Civ 2 and Civ 6 on my iPad. I've never played them because, like I said, I just think they're overly complicated for what I want. Um, Civ, mm -hmm. the original Civilization Revolution, was just an amazing game. It was easy to learn, hard to master, and lots and lots of fun. I should know City of Heroes. I think I bet you if I go uh, go take a look at my collection of stuff that I should be cleaning out, I can go find the original box for City of Heroes in my home. Yeah, and you I should, probably have it. And I should also note that I've never played it because after buying it, I, I didn't look closely at the box because I thought, oh, I have a pretty decent PC. I should be able to play it. It turns out you needed kind of a high-end graphics card back, back in the day uh, or for a pass for high-end graphics card in the day, and I didn't have one, so... Never got to play it. I just never had enough oomph to power my uh, power the game. So, oh well. Um, well and as a superhero now, fan. <laughs> you can now play it if you would like. That was the other <laughs> thing about City of Heroes that was nice is that because the world was fairly fleshed out, you could build right. a superhero and take screenshots and easily make your own comic books if you <laughs> wanted to. Just off the screenshots from City of Heroes. So. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe if I get bored, I still do have Comic Life somewhere, uh, a license for that to, to create these things. So, Yeah, and as you know, I am a huge uh, superhero comic book fan. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I, I encourage that behavior. behavior. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, this was our first podcast for 2023, and um, I hope it is less sucky than the last three years. I think our podcast didn't suck, but I think the last three years are pretty sucky. Yeah. Yeah, we need something we need something better. So here's to yeah. hoping that twenty twenty three is a better year. Absolutely. And with that we will sign off and I'll try to splice together the cleanfeed.net and teams recordings into a single podcast and we'll see how it goes. All righty.